Hey brothers, before we get started today, I wanted to make a quick announcement to anybody who has been considering joining the Elevated Alpha Society Spartan Agogi Academy for the Development of Cognitive Mastery and Emotional Ownership in the month of April, because April is going to be focused on time. We're going to talk about time and managing your mind around that mental construct. A lot of us think time is something that exists outside of us. It is only in our brain. And I think that there is no better time than to observe the stories our brains are telling us about time than right now, because most of us have so much more time on our hands than we did before. I want to use this month to take a deep dive into mind management, and no other time has been more important to manage our minds under the universal truth than right now. We are going to be the examples to everyone around us Guys, we're going to lead. We are going to Alpha. We have to show the way we can do this. It's game time. So in the spirit of mastery, of cognitive mastery and emotional ownership and complete commitment to each of you, managing your minds through what's happening in our changing of circumstances, change of our global circumstances, I'm going to be coaching and teaching a different webinar each week in the academy. And it's my goal to fill your brain with ideas that serve you. So... What you're going to learn is how to use the challenge that we're currently faced with to make you stronger. I'm going to talk about circumstances. I'm going to talk about drama. I'm going to talk about leading. I'm going to talk about mastering uncertainties. I'm going to talk about business worries and money worries. I will also address buffering. I know some of you are out there, you're eating more, you're watching more pornography. So I'm going to talk to you guys about buffering to get through this. And I want to show you that there's a different way and that this is a perfect opportunity to implement it. You have this opportunity in front of you. And I want to invite you to enroll in the Spartan Academy if you aren't already a member. If you are a student, if you're already in the Spartan Academy, I want to really encourage you to show up in these webinars live. I want to encourage you to schedule your one-on-one office hours, those coaching sessions with me. And we need to have enough mind inspection so we know how to separate facts from thoughts. That's the move. That's 80%, brothers. That's the momentous leap. I really want you to be utilizing those tools. We're at home. We're working on our brains. So let's go. Elevate your Alpha. Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and it's Monday. You're probably freaking out. You're probably like, you probably are wondering if it is Monday, right? You're probably like, wait a second, it is, is it Monday or is it Friday? Because the Alpha Male Coach Podcast only comes out on Friday, so it must be Friday, but it's not. You are correct. You are, in fact, Correct. It is Monday. This is a very special episode. And here's the thing with this episode, guys. I am going to talk to you guys in a three-part episode on training for chaos. This is 
This is actually something special. I'm going to tell you a story. Before I even get into this episode, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to skip the whole, you know, go to iTunes and leave me a five-star rating review. You know, I'm going to skip that because you guys have already done that. So I'm just going to skip over that. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about when I was a fitness coach. I used to own a gym in Portland, Oregon. This gym was called CrossFit Hell, which was an acronym for Human Evolution Laboratory. It was CrossFit Human Evolution Laboratories. And in this gym, we we got down. Like we trained hard. We worked hard. And we trained physically hard, not to get physically stronger. I want you guys to understand that. We were getting physically stronger. Our uh, motto, if you will, like our kind of driving mindset was anywhere, anytime, anyhow right? You get the job done. So we had to be prepared for anything. It was a general physical preparedness gym. It was a CrossFit gym. You know, it was always functional movements. It was functional fitness executed at high intensity, but it was general physical preparedness. And we would really aim at increasing our intensity, our volume and intensity, such that our power output, such that we could create as much physical discomfort on our body to drive that discomfort into our minds and push that into developing mental fortitude, mental tenacity. Yes, the body is suffering. Yes, we are in physical discomfort. Yes, we are creating this fatigue, this physical uh, discomfort to ourselves on purpose in order to get the physiological adaptations that we're looking for in terms of speed and power and strength and flexibility and agility and all the wonderful things that come along, you know, the training at different energy pathways, you know, you're training at that high intensity, that moderate intensity, you know, it's all, it's all that stuff. And we would do that and we would do that to get the mental, get the, like, just keep going. Yes, it hurts. Do another rep. Yes, it hurts. Do another rep. Push your body harder. Push through the desire to quit, the desire to stop, the desire to rest, the desire to uh, just basically get your body a to, to a, a place that's more comfortable, right? Feel the comfort and get comfortable with being uncomfortable and then push your body into what a space that is more com- dis- uncomfortable. Not for the body's sake, because the body is the machine. The body will have that physical adaptation, but it was for the mental discomfort, the mental anguish, and to deal with that and push your mind deeper into that to deal with the suck. And that's what we did at CrossFit Human Evolution Labs. And we had, I had patches made. I had patches made and they had the motto train for chaos at the bottom. And so I wanted to tell you guys that story because my members there, they really understood that the training for chaos was not a physical chaos. The training for chaos was not, it wasn't even a situational or environmental chaos. The training for chaos was neither environmental nor was it organic, right? Nor was it like, uh, had it to do with the body, had to do with, you know, how fast you could run or how much weight you could back squat. It had to do with when things seemed chaotic, when your brain was feeding you, when your brain was sending you signals of danger and signals of fear, then you could handle it. You could act anyway. You would, you would have the training to know that this is a place of discomfort and I can handle uncomfortable things. And so I wanted to tell you guys that story because that's what this series is all about. This series is about training for chaos. And part one is going to be how your brain really 
reacts to chaos. Because since moving from being a fitness coach into being a cognitive coach, I have taken that sort of that subject matter and moved from training the body to elicit that mental fortitude, that mental response to going directly to the mental response, to using words, to using coaching directly with the brain instead of using fitness as a medium to the brain. And that's the first thing I want to teach you guys. To, I, want, I know that a lot of humans right now are experiencing an enormous amount of stress and anxiety these days. And I want to talk to you about what is happening inside your brain. We're going to talk about that. And I want to keep things simple, guys. The brain is a complex organism. And usually I lightly brush over the structure and the function of the brain, briefly mentioning neurochemistry and neuroscience science generally. We evolved from smaller animals, right? Smaller animals less complex, with less complex brains whose brains are mostly focused on staying alive. We have a structure in our brain called the amygdala, okay? It's a more primitive, primordial part of our brain. It evolved earlier. It's older. And we share it with other animals because it's a part of the brain stem, the very first brain that was introduced to this reality construct, right? This form of life as we know it. Its entire job is to scan for the environment for threats to your life. To, it, it looks for danger. That is what activates when you see or think about danger. It's the part of your brain that is really focused on just keeping you alive. So your brain is evolutionary predisposed, right? Or designed, if that's what you believe, right? If we want to go that way, if you want to talk about uh, intelligent design, either way, it is predis predisposed, uh, predisposed or designed to be completely obsessed with anything that might be a danger to you. Let's go back in time. Like, let's take a trip back in time. Like, you're a little furry, furry animal running around on the plains, or even let's even say you're an ancient human, right? Pre Homo sapien, and there's something out there on the horizon, right? Six feet away, or if you're, if you're a little animal, or let's say 100 yards away, if you're a human, that's on the horizon, and this thing is going to eat you, right? It's a predator, it's a lion. So, of course, you're going to be hyper focused on it, right? That is what you're going to do. And the animals and humans that were hyper-focused on that predator, right, on that danger, they survived more than the animals and humans that didn't pay attention to the danger, right? They didn't pay attention to the fear. They didn't have the fear in their body. And the genes of the danger-aware brains got passed on, and that's what evolved. So all that is to say is that your brain, our brains, the human brain evolved, this part of your brain has evolved to be hyper-focused and fixated on danger. That's its job. That's how it grew. That's how we got here. Now, just as a side note, when humans started to band together in tribes and communities, that danger and fear of the predator shifted to the danger and fear of being exiled from the tribe, right? Which usually meant being exposed to predators, which is why our brains see danger and create fear around rejection and create approval seeking and people pleasing behavior, right? But that's another subject altogether. But I felt like that was a good place to kind of explain how that shift was created from the fear of the predator to the fear of the uh, exile. Now, some of us experience a lot of that in daily life, right? We have a lot of anxiety and fear. Our brains are always looking for things that might go wrong. For others of us, this is kind of new. Right? Maybe you haven't lived through something that has activated that before. And so it's all kind of crazy new experiences. This is all new. But either way, what you have to understand is that your brain is manufacturing a lot of stress and anxiety about this 
coronavirus, whatever, this COVID-19 or really anything else, when it's doing that, it's actually just doing its job, right? It hasn't malfunctioned. It's, in, in fact, it's functioning perfectly. You're, it's, it's, like, it's like a perfectly beating heart. It's like a heart that beats like, you know, uh, however many times per minute. What's, what's the resting heart rate? You know, 60 beats per minute, you know, with a uh, blood pressure of 120 over 80. Like it's, it's, it's perfect. It's functioning exactly the way it should. And it's important for you to know that the anxiety, that stress, that fear, that panic, that whatever, it isn't coming from the circumstance, right? It isn't coming from the COVID-19 or whatever that circumstance is. And it isn't coming from you either. It's coming from a primordial part of your brain. That's what that part of your brain is supposed to do. It's, it's, that's its job. Like, you know, it's like right now it's winning the employee of the month, right? Because it's doing its job so well, but that's not your whole brain. So I'm going to talk to you in a minute about how to elevate your alpha, right? And bring your prefrontal cortex, the higher thinking part of your brain online to help you be subjective about your subjectivity. But you just want to understand first, nothing has gone wrong. Like that's the first thing that's important. This is what your brain has evolved to do. And it's going to unavoidably do that if you don't take control of it, if you don't elevate your alpha. And part of the problem right now is that you're, you have a brain that's already predisposed to fixate on what might be dangerous to it. So now we're in a situation where you have that part of your brain doing what it's being involved to do. And now we're in this tornado of news and social media that is constantly offering you live streaming updates about the danger. So check this out. I mean, you got to run with me on this, right? Hold, hold with me. Imagine you live before all that. You know, back in those archaic times that I just talked about before, and we're living in, out there, and you were occasionally worried, you know, occasionally about being eaten by a lion, like just once in a while. Now, instead of only seeing the lion when it actually got close to you and then being freaked out about it, right, just those times when it was actually important to be freaked out about, now you're constantly getting text updates about exactly where the lion was, what that lion is doing, how many lions are out there, how many other people they had eaten, what the statistics are on being eaten by lions, and so on. We're going to get a constant stream of information, much of which is just the same information over and over again. And not only that, there's this bias inherent in it because the media is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Now, hold on a second, Mr. A. Stop right there. I want to explain something to you guys first. Let me tell you, I am not anti-media, okay? I just understand the role and function of the media in our human experience. I recognize the value that they bring to us. I respect journalists. I think it's an important job, but media is a business like anything else. And so the media makes more money off of advertising when people pay more attention, particularly when there is something that will captivate people. They are going to be constantly pushing, quote, news about it, even when there really isn't much news about it, even when they're just telling you the same thing over and over, or maybe just a slightly different angle on it, just like the updates, right? One more person, one more person. If you think you get any news from the news, then I'm here to tell you that you're eating plastic and thinking your body will be nourished by it. The news is a form of entertainment, and their job is to hold your attention, not to report facts. They want your attention. Remember, facts don't create emotional experiences. Beliefs do. Our thoughts do. So the news is going to deliver to you their spin of subjectivity, and we get very little news about the positive, and there has been studies about this, 
because news networks that focus on the positive don't make money because that's just not how our human brains work. We are fixated and obsessed on what might be harmful. And so when the news media can feed us a constant stream of something, maybe being a danger to us, we will keep clicking over and over and over again and understand, guys, I'm not coming down on the media. I just understand that this is what they do. So I expect this from them. Understand? Like, I know that this is what they do. I don't blame them for what they do. They're, they're running a business. And I know that some of you, especially if you're working from home and not working right now, are just consuming media and social media constantly. And then social media is the same way. If, you, if you're someone who clicks on all those articles and tends to get fixated on this, then the social media algorithms just keep showing you more of that. And then there's all this groupthink that happens and the social contagion of anxiety. So we've got a situation where the primitive part of your brain isn't equipped to deal with this. And it's being subjected to so much overstimulation that it doesn't know how to deal with it. And the point of all that, brother, the point of all that is to say that even though your anxiety and fear feel very real to you, and unfortunately, right, everyone around you is validating that by also losing their minds, right, by also going through their beta condition with their anxiety and fear. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't take the virus seriously, right? I'm not saying that either, in the sense that we can do things to prepare. We can practice what all the experts tell us, you know, but those are actions. Those go in the A-line, right? That's the math. That's separate from the drama because the drama is the overwhelming fear and anxiety, and that is not actually representative of how much danger we, we are actually in or you are actually in. It's not actually necessary at all. And it isn't what our brain likes or talks to us like. It's not like that's not what our brain is like we are not the victim of our organic computer i want you to understand that also because sometimes we could think like oh our brain is trying to sabotage us right but it's not we're not the victim of our of our computer the brain is a computer you know it's just doing this very objective analysis and evaluation of what it thinks you should think about to keep you safe and how much you know if any of that and all of that and it thinks that it's just being smart about it. It's like trying to help you out. <laughs> you know, it's just this computer trying to help you out. That's so funny. It's a computer. It's running a program. And what's happening is your primitive brain is being hacked. I don't want to say maliciously, like not like intent with intent, but nevertheless by a negative program that is now running crazy. It's now running wild in your head. And so what are we going to do about this? Right? What's the plan? You know, we can, one, we can either continue to let that happen and live in fear and manifest our actions from that fear and return results to our lives that we don't intend, or we can elevate our alpha state and bring our prefrontal cortex, a part of our brain that can reason and that can take a longer perspective and that can use complex thought. We can bring that online and use it to bring curiosity to the current program being run. That's the first step. And through the course of this series, I'm going to teach you a lot of different tools for doing that, how to deal with all your emotions, how to work on your thoughts. But what I really want to start with today is just to teach you the difference between a circumstance and a thought. And brother, you've heard this before. I know you've heard this before. It's such an important thing. It's such the knowing of this is such an important difference. And when you don't know it, when you haven't been taught how to separate what is from what your brain is telling you about what is, you believe everything you think to be true. So the first thing we have to do is distinguish between all the 
catastrophizing thoughts that our amygdala is screaming at us, danger, 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 and what we actually know to be true outside of us. Like, what are the facts? What is the circumstance? So, for instance, let's say you read an article about a prediction about how many people will get the virus, right? Somebody said something. Some doctor named something, such as Mr. X, Dr. X, right? Let's say Dr. X, because let's give him, you know, him or her, you know, they earned the doctor, the Dr. X. They made a prediction about how many people get the virus and you start to get freaked out because your thoughts are like, everybody's going to get the virus. I'm going to get the virus. Everyone I know is going to get the virus and die. We're never going to recover. The economy is going to collapse. I'm going to die alone. I shouldn't have broken up with my girlfriend. I should have gotten a dog. Now I'm going to be here by myself. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to find it. Nobody's going to find my body. I'm going to de decay in my apartment alone by myself. I need more toilet paper, right? All of that, all of those are just thoughts. They're sentences in your mind. That's all a thought is. It's sentences in your mind. It's sentences in your brain just running. It's just a program. The fact, what the fact is, the, the circumstance is that some doctor who, you know, maybe an, maybe he is an epidemiologist, right? Or epidemiologist. Maybe he is a doctor, right? A true doctor of diseases, right? He's, but even so, he's making a prediction. So he's telling you his thought. He's not even telling you a fact. He's just telling you what his thought about something, what might happen. So even just that, that's a sentence. The difference between that, what he said, and what he's saying about, what he's talking about. The sentence itself, what you read. What he said is not that scary because we don't even know that that is true. It's just that he said these words. That's an actual circumstance that, okay, a person said this thing, right, guys? That's an actual circumstance. That's what happened. But all of your cascade of thoughts that you believe to be true and believe to be facts are actually what are freaking you out so much. So there's a big difference between a statement that is actually neutral and objective, what actually happened about an inter interpretation or opinion, and then there's all of your thoughts about it. It's like if a tree falls in the wilderness and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound, right? Have you heard that before? It's like that means that things happen. Facts are neutral and objective. The thing that turns a fact into an experience is a subjective thought you believe about that fact, right? That is the sound that you hear. Without you around to hear the sound, the event has no experience. The tree falling, there's no experience. There's no emotion. And so the first thing that's important to practice is writing it down. And I don't recommend you try to do it without writing it down. I really do recommend you write it down. Get a notebook, get a, get a legal pad, get a moleskin, get a notebook, whatever it is. You can get them for a dollar. Getting all your thoughts out on paper and then looking at what you can 100% know factually is true and what is just thoughts. Now, listen, when I say what is just thoughts, thoughts are powerful in that they cause a lot of intense emotions for us. Our thoughts are what create our feelings. So it's our thoughts about the virus that are creating all of our anxiety and fear. When you have anxiety and fear, it's not coming from the virus. It's coming from your thoughts about the virus. You know, and thoughts, they're powerful. They are your alpha power because they create your intentional models. They create your intentional results, but they're not always serving you. They are definitely not facts and they're definitely not circumstances. They're sentences in our mind. And we know that because people have different thoughts about the same thing. You know, the virus exists and different people have very different thoughts about it. And that's true for all facts and all circumstances. So what I want to recommend you do first is get all those thoughts down, look through them, sort through them, and really pull out what is an actual fact and circumstance. And then what are all of your thoughts about it? And this is called the thought download. 
When you keep doing this practice as a daily exercise, you start to get some perspective on the fact that your thoughts are just optional sentences in your mind. And you'll see, sometimes, you'll even have contradictory ones. You'll have thoughts like, this is all going to be terrible, we're all going to die, and I think we're all going to be get through this okay, this is going to be fine. And, and sometimes you'll have those two thoughts within the same hour. Those can't both be objectively true, of course. They're just two thoughts, two ideas, two imaginings, two ideas, pictures, future speculations that just whatever the actual circumstance is now, which is the virus exists, right? That's all. That's all, the only thing we would all agree to, that this many people have it that we know of. Maybe this many people have died, but that's all that this, that this person has said. Even this news article said this. That's a circumstance. This news article said this sentence. All your thoughts about that sentence, all your you know, panicking, catastrophizing thoughts about what might happen, all your thoughts about fear and anxiety, those are all thoughts. Those are just sentences in your mind. And understand that I'm not saying the sentence you read is a fact that you're having thoughts about. I'm saying it is a fact there is a sentence in an article that someone wrote that you were having thoughts about. Someone said some words. That's a fact, not that, not that the words that they said are facts, but that someone said those words. Whether those words are facts or not, we do not know. We, in fact, we, we know that they are thoughts from that person. We have to also look at the facts because everyone has to agree to them. We have to see the data to know that they're facts. And so the first step to learning how to train for chaos, and not surprisingly, <laughs> the first step in learning to elevate your alpha as well, is learning how to distinguish between what is a fact and what is a thought. And this is so important so that you can start to see that your brain is kind of hyper-vigilant right now and hyper-aware of danger and looking for it everywhere. But that doesn't mean that all of your thoughts are accurate and true. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. In fact, most of what you think is not true, right? Most of what you think is just made up, or it's a guess, or it's a speculation, or it's an interpretation, or it's your opinion, or it's somebody else's opinion, right? It's hearsay. Most of it is not actually objective circumstances and facts. And what you will find is that you can train your brain, once you start to see this difference, to look, to focus on returning to you what the circumstance, what the facts are. So if the circumstance is this doctor said this, he, this doctor made this prediction, then the only thing that's true is that this doctor said these words, and your brain then has 100 anxious thoughts about it. Even just returning to your brain from your prefrontal cortex, from you know elevating your alpha and, and, and engaging your prefrontal cortex and saying, okay, brain, I hear all those thoughts. And we actually, you know, I hear that. And all we actually know to be true right now is that this person said these words. And even if you just redirect your brain to thinking the circumstance, the sentence that describes the circumstance instead of all the rest of your thoughts about the circumstance, you'll start to see that it changes how you feel and that it starts to reduce your anxiety just by anchoring you in what is true and objective and outside of you and an actual circumstance in the world, which is so much more limited and less scary than all of our thoughts about it. Because remember, the circumstances of the world is the perfection. That is the gift. That is what is. And you have to do this on purpose. Because if you just let your brain run your show, right? Run the show, run, you know, your amygdala, that primordial teacher of the beta condition with its fixation on danger, especially in the context 
of all of this media, you know, constantly, that's what's going to run the show. And you're going to constantly feel afraid and anxious and overwhelmed. And you're going to spend all day browsing the news or watching TV or whatever it is you're going to do to do to try to deal with these feelings, right? Avoid these feelings the buffer. So you cannot let your unconscious brain, you know, just how it happens to react to whatever it reads, be in charge of what you're going to think. It's like eating plastic instead of food. You can't let your brain be in charge of the show unconsciously. So you you have to elevate your alpha and engage that prefrontal cortex, that part of your brain that can reason and engage it in looking for what are the actual circumstances, what are the actual facts that you know to be true. And like I said, making sure that if this doctor said that this may happen, that it doesn't may mean that the circumstance is now that this is what will happen. All it means is that the circumstance is that this person with this name said that this might happen. He said these words, you know, he or she said those words, that's it. It doesn't make those words true. It doesn't make that prediction true. And if you practice this, you will see that that starts to feel so different in your body. And it's going to start to reduce that anxiety and that fixation. And then the other thing that I recommend you do, like really, is to limit the amount of news and social media that you consume. And I know nobody wants to do this, right? I know nobody wants to hear this, especially if you're quarantined in your home. It's like, you're telling me now that I'm quarantined in my home and you want me to turn off my social media and my TV? You're insane, right? What am I going to do? Am I just going to meditate, coach? <laughs> you want me to just sit with my brain? But here's the thing. I think a part of the problem is that most of us were reading the news and on social media too, you know, we were doing it a lot before this whole thing happened, right? So we were already kind of in that, in that habit. We were already checking Facebook first thing in the morning and already looking at the news and social media when we were bored or just didn't want to work, right? You know, go to the water cooler, go to Facebook. So we already had that habit and now it's been hijacked by this threat vigilant system that your brain already has and by this constant influx of news that's designed to stimulate it. So I know it feels hard. It almost feels like it's something you're like low level compulsive about low level impulsive almost addicted to and i think that in that in this time of social distancing a lot of us are doing what we want what we think we have to to feel connected right to feel community right you follow like they say misery loves company so while everybody's online freaking out and so i want to go online too and i want to be with them so i want to kind of freak out and build that community like kind of be one with community by you know that misery loves company what are they doing let's kind of have that mentality as the other but i want you to think of it like taking a drug that's going to weaken your immune system that's really like what it is because i'm not saying don't be informed, right? I'm not saying don't check the news a couple of times a day to find out if there's some updates that you really want to know about, you really you know, want to understand. But every time you start that mindless scrolling or start checking all the time, or you know, you read about the news every time, you're just feeding more and more frenzy to that part of your brain that is designed to fixate on it. And so it's going to get more and more intense about it. It's going to feel like you're feeding a drug. And it's just going to make you more and more anxious. And then you'll desire the anxiety and you'll reward yourself with more of it, right? Because that part of your brain will crave it. That part of your brain will start to desire it. That's how emotional addiction is formed, right? We develop indomitable self-confidence the same way. We feed the body constant confident emotions and feelings. Anxiety, fear, depression are generally formed unconsciously and become what people have clinicalized as mood disorders from becoming fixated on the thoughts that create those emotions over and over. So I really recommend setting some 
times for you, some boundaries, you know, for you, if you're right now on your phone looking at it all the time, then just start setting a few times that you will put your phone down and do something else. You know, call a friend, text a friend, speak to someone else. You know, if there's somebody in your home, you know, pet an animal, take a bath, you know, do a puzzle, do a crossword puzzle, you know, put together, you know, something else. But do something else because keeping that part of your brain engaged constantly is going to be exhausting and very weary on your mental and physical health. All right, that's what I've got for the first part of our series, guys. And check back here in a couple of days because part two is coming out on Wednesday. I'm going to talk to you about shifting from matter to being, from scarcity to abundance, from beta to alpha. And you know what? I want to do something else. I'm going to offer this to you guys. I want to offer to all of you two... TWO, two webinars that are coming up in April. These are Spartan Elevated Alpha Society webinars that I'm going to open up to everyone who subscribes to the Indomitable Self-Confidence Newsletter. So if you want to hear these webinars, you want to get the link to join them. One of them is going to be on future focused thinking and the other one's going to be on amazing relationships. And to get those links, you got to go to my website, The Alpha Male Coach, and join the newsletter via the pop-up that shows up on the homepage after a few seconds. And if you have the time and want to see how you can reduce your fear and anxiety around any problem your brain is feeding you, you can stay on my website and sign up for a free 45-minute consultation using the button to book a call. It's free. It's a button. It's in many places on my website. And there is no problem that is not a thought guys, you know this. Brothers, you can ask me anything. I'm like Reddit, right? Ask me anything. All right, guys, until Wednesday, two days from now, when we do part two of Training for Chaos, and we talk about the metamorphosis, the shift. Until then, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, Sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.